A car pulls up to a small apartment complex in Washington. It's a nice day, and while the neighborhood has a dreary vibe, everyone looks happy. Hunter, a 16-year-old raised on a farm in Montana, and his over-enthusiastic mother hop out of a yellow Mini Cooper and grab the remaining boxes full of their belongings from the trunk. I know this isn't an ideal situation, but I'm really excited to start this chapter of our new life. Hunter rolls his eyes at his mom and smiles. She's really good at looking at the bright side of things, even when there doesn't seem to be one. She walks up the sidewalk to the door and turns the key. Hunter walks in first, really taking in the place for the first time. He has been there before, but only early in the morning for a couple of weekends. Isn't this special? Uh, yeah, it really is. It was a standard apartment with beige walls and fake wood floors, but as boring as the place was, he was still kind of excited deep inside. He ignored most of the house, going straight to his room, where only a pile of boxes and his old mattress lay. Honey, I ordered pizza. I'll call you when it gets here. Okay, Mom. He digs through the boxes of keepsakes. He sees a painting he made when he was seven and his worn zebra stuffed animal he carried around when he was three. Neatly wrapped in newspaper is a slightly blurry and warped photo of him when he was nine, standing beside his father. He turns it over and reads the date. Family fishing trip, 2011. Huh. He looks at it and smiles. He puts it down and continues to look through the box, but something catches his eye. What the heck is this? He inspects the note. It seems to say, Don't throw this away. You will regret it, Hunter. Look, I'm just trying to help you out. Behind every closed door, there lies opportunity. Cliché? Maybe. You should probably read the first word of every line now. Don't look behind you. He's frightened and, in fear, yells for his mom. The place is silent. Mom? Mom? He runs through the hallway and sees his mom at the door, talking to a pizza delivery boy. That'll be fifteen eighty-seven. She hands him the money and shuts the door. She opens her mouth to yell at him for making a ruckus, but he's petrified. His hands are clammy, his face white. A rush of cold flows through the air. Is everything okay? He tries to calm himself down, but he can't shake the thought of the note. Maybe it was just something that he made when he was younger, something that he just forgot about. Yeah, but didn't you hear that loud crash? His mom puts an arm around him, and they both sit on the floor, surrounded by boxes. They talk while they eat dinner. Hmm, no I don't. Maybe you imagined it? Just put it out of your mind. For now, I'm going to set up my bed. I think you should probably do the same. We have a lot to do tomorrow. Hunter gave a reassuring smile to his mom and got up to throw away their garbage. As he walked to the garbage, he looked around at the kids happily playing together, their parents talking together about soccer meets, and when they should all meet up and have lunch together. Even though he was still uneasy about moving, especially leaving his friends and home where he grew up, he realized that this may be for the better. Flora's household quickly settled in, and after only a couple of months, their house was all set up. They were getting along well with Hunter making friends at school, and his mom becoming friends with her neighbors and co-workers. Hunter had been outside with some of his friends at lunch when he noticed a guy sitting alone. He had seen him around before, he just didn't know when. He felt drawn to him, like he knew him from somewhere, but he didn't know quite where. He decided that he must have had a class with him sometime. Yeah, that's it. Hunter went to talk to him. The kid seemed lonely, so he thought that maybe he might just need a friend. He decided to go up to talk to him, but before he could fully stand up, he was hit with a knife of cool air, and everything went black. He could still hear everything going on around him, but he couldn't see her move. Oh my gosh, are you okay? Someone get help! Everyone rushed over, except the boy, who looked over and promptly ran away. Hunter woke up 
after what felt like hours, but was actually only a couple of minutes. Everyone was crowded around him, and he felt like he couldn't move. Everyone sit back. Go to class. Everything is handled. He tried to get up, but it was no easy feat. He felt weird, not injured, just slightly shaken. The nurse checked him out, and he was given the okay to go home. His mom came to pick him up, and the minute he stepped out of the building, she bombarded him with questions. Are you okay? What happened? Do you need anything? Ice? Advil? Calm down, Mom. I'm fine. I don't really know what happened, though. I just stopped. He stopped in his tracks and looked at the ground. There, he saw a note, one that was very familiar. He realized that it was the note from earlier. He couldn't move. He was stuck. He began to feel freezing cold, but he couldn't even shiver. Hunter, sweetie, is everything okay? He looked at her and tried to act normal, but she knew better. She knew this look. Now she was scared. Hunter, what's going on? He looked right at her. Uh, I don't know. Since the incident, Hunter had been going to school every week, but it still always felt weird, and he never knew why. Maybe it was the stairs all the time. His fainting spell was the only interesting thing to happen at the school, ever. Or maybe it was the fear that something may happen again. He wasn't really sure at all. But he still went on like normal. He couldn't afford for something like this to happen again. He didn't want to be known as the weird kid, the faker, the liar. He wanted his new home to feel like a home, and he didn't want anything to hurt his mom because of him. He got home from school and went straight to his room to get away from his mom. He knew that she would try to get in his business, and he didn't really need for her to be involved in his problems. He went through his things to try to find that note again. He had a feeling that it must have something to do with it. He looked outside his window for a split second, and there he was, the kid, the one who doesn't talk to anyone. Hunter looked away and kept rummaging through his boxes. No. No. Yes. He picks up the note and looks at it closely. He dug in his pockets and found the one from the parking lot. It's the exact same. What does it mean? Honey, you have a guest. She smiled, excited that her son was finally fitting in and making friends at school. He looked confused. Who is it? It's just a neighbor, I think. I haven't seen him around here very much, though. Hunter got up to look at the door, and there he saw the same kid who had run away before. Why is he here? What does he want? The other kid looked frightened. There, in his hands, was a piece of paper. Uh, what's up? I, uh, is this you? He shakily passed him something, and there, in the same familiar handwriting as the notes he had seen before, was another. Four, three, seven, four, twentieth Avenue, apartment D2. He felt shivers go down his spine, and his eyes met with the other. Yeah, it's me. Where did you find this, and how did you find me? Uh, it, it was in my locker. I had seen you walk home before, and I, well, I don't mean this to sound creepy, but I followed you. Why would you follow me? I don't know. It just seemed urgent. Hunter dug through his pockets to find the other note. That was when he noticed something at the bottom corner. He never thought to check, but there were numbers. Six, two, six, one, nine. Uh, hey kid, what do these mean? He shrugged. Uh, maybe it's just like when it was written? No, it's not even June yet. This day, it must be special. Uh, sh sure it is. Well, you, ha you have fun with that. G gotta go. Hunter closed the door, thinking only about the notes. The date. It must mean something. Hunter went on with school like normal, and finally, school was out. He walked outside to see his mom's car waiting for him.
It's such a relief to be home for good. No more school, no more teachers, no more drama. Well, I'm happy you're home too. Now we can spend more time together. Hunter laughed, but he couldn't deny that he was happy to be with his mom again. No more of any of those childish problems. Now he could just live his life again. They pulled up to their apartment, happier than they had ever been, even back in Montana. They hopped out of the car and talked. What do you want for dinner, sweetie? Well, I was actually wondering if I could go to a friend's house today. You know, since today's the last day of school. She gave him a big smile. Of course. As long as I get their number and meet their parents, you can go. Spent the next couple of weeks of summer having fun. Finally, the 26th of June came. He was anxious that something bad might happen. Everything became a big deal to him on that day, but he didn't even know why. He went on with his day just as he normally did. He stayed home while his mom went to work. He watched TV and played video games with his friends, being careful that he was aware of his surroundings and that all windows and doors were locked. But then something alarmed him. He heard a car pull up to his house, but it couldn't have been his mom. She didn't come home until 5 o'clock usually. He got up and tiptoed to the door. He tried to see who it was, but the peephole was all foggy, and he couldn't make out any faces. He heard muffled yelling through the door and shuffling. He was prepared to fight when they burst through the door. Sweetie, didn't I tell you to get the door for me when I came home? I know I told you I would have groceries. He looked at her in the bags in her hands and felt a wave of relief. He went up to her, grabbed the bags, and then gave her a big hug. Uh, is there something wrong? You seem a little out of it. He let go and stepped back. I guess everything is okay. He went on the rest of his night, helping his mom with dinner and then watching the movie with her. He felt so at ease now and realized that those no must have been stupid pranks. He went to bed knowing that it would be okay. Good night, Mom. He fell asleep almost instantly, but something woke him up, dead in the middle of the night. He jumped out of bed and ran to his mom's room. She was also up, looking out the window, wondering what was going on. They looked over to where the ambulance was parked. It was right across the street. A neighbor must have been hurt. He looked at the place that all the commotion was at, and he saw that it was the weird kid's house. He saw two parents and two little kids standing outside, and he realized that this day did mean something, just not for him. He felt a lump in his throat. His stomach was churning. He ran back into his room, all alone, feeling like he could have prevented this, even though there really wasn't much he could do. He finally fell asleep after tossing and turning for what felt like hours. He got up the next morning, his mom already at work. She knew that he wasn't feeling good and decided not to wake him up to say goodbye. He got out of his bed and looked out the window. The neighbors were still outside, talking, playing, living life just as normal, but he didn't feel like it. He walked to the living room and turned on the TV. He decided that maybe he should watch a movie, something to take his mind off of things. I can't believe that it actually meant something. I, I can't believe it. He was about to start crying again, but he heard a knock on the door. He just assumed that his mom got off work early again. He went to answer it, and when he opened the door, nobody was there. Of course the neighborhood kids are making trouble. He went back to the couch and continued watching the movie, but something felt weird. He felt like he maybe wasn't alone. He got up and locked the front doors and windows and made sure that he had something by him that he could fight with. He walked around the house, making sure that all doors and windows were locked. He still felt uneasy. He then turned around and he felt shivers go down his spine. He was sure something was touching him. He reached for the phone when he felt the sharp pain go up his back. He turned around and saw somebody standing there with blood on his hands. Who are you? 
He tried to sound intimidating, tried to scare the intruder off, but the pain in his lower back was too strong. He grabbed the phone and dialed 911, but his vision started to fade and he couldn't move. Why are you doing this? He screamed and yelled, but the man walked up close to him. Don't worry about your friend. You'll join him soon. Please don't do this.